Hey y'all, um, welcome to the first episode that actually has content in it. I, of course, am your host, Merritt. Um, I hope to ferry you through the, um, whatever chaos I have that I'm about to say. I figured that the first episode should be about Vonnegut, who is, of course, the namesake of the poem and my favorite author, if that wasn't, you know, already obvious. Um, so, first of all, Who's Vonnegut? Well, Kurt Vonnegut was born in Indianapolis, Indiana, on November 11th in 1922. He was a Scorpio. Um, his father was an architect. His uncle went to Harvard. Um, he had six kids. His most mentioned son is named Mark, by the way, in case you were wondering. Okay, so you might be wondering why his family matters. <laughs> And there's an actual clear answer to this, right? So to comprehend Vonnegut and the, like, mess that he creates in all of his books, you have to understand what's going on with his family. This is most obvious in his um, book Slapstick, which centers around the relationship that Kurt felt like he had with his sister Alice, who, fun fact, his sister died of cancer a few days after her husband died in a train wreck, which, uh, yikes, first of all. Um, and especially the parent-child relationships that are baked into, I'd say, the majority of his books. The father-son relationships, or at least parent-child relationships, are always strained and fraught with misunderstanding. And most of the time, the, like, the, the, the main character will be a father. And there's always passages that are, like memories that the father has of failing his son or feeling bad that he couldn't do more for his family and obviously i never met kurt vonnegut he died in 2007 and i was born in 2002 so far be it for me to try to psychoanalyze a dead man but also i feel like kurt felt that he was a shitty dad i feel like that's not that far of a stretch especially given everything that he's ever written. Also, a lot of the cute little sayings that Vonnegut has, which I affectionately call Vonnegutisms, he, Kurt, attributes to his family, especially, if this isn't nice, I don't know what is, which um, was said by his uncle Alex. And first of all, you have to, when you're reading a Vonnegut book, you have to read the introduction. It, like, if you don't read the introduction, the story doesn't make sense. I know there's tons of books where you, like, don't have to read the introduction or the author's note or whatever, but with Kurt's books, you gotta read it. Like, <laughs> just a little small tangent. Slapstick, the first 50 pages is just, like, introduction. 50 pages of introduction. Like, Kurt, oh my god. Anyway, 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 anyway. So, lots of little Vonnegutisms he attributes to his family, which I think is cute. Um, so yeah, the Vonnegutisms are like Kurt's brand of aphorisms. They're very distinct in the texts. Most of the time he does little drawings around them. Also, yes, he draws. There's artwork in almost all of his books. Um, the book off the top of my head that has the most artwork in it is Breakfast of Champions, which, (laughs) 
um, in the first couple of pages of Breakfast of Champions, I can't exactly remember which page because I don't have the book in front of me, <laughs> Kurt has this drawing, and he, <laughs> it's literally just a drawing of an asshole, but the drawing looks like an asterisk, <laughs> and, like, okay, maybe I'm 12 years old, but, like, it's funny, um, so, you know, Vonnegutisms. they're just little, little things that he says, like, um, I think in one of the books on Kilgore Trout, and I'll get to Kilgore Trout, um, one of the books that has Kilgore Trout's, like, headstone and epitaph on it, it says that we are healthy only to the extent that our ideas are humane, which, oh my god, that rattles around in my head, and that makes me feel some emotions. Um, another one is that, uh, life is no way to treat an animal, I really, I resonate with that one. That's, um, <laughs> I have, um, so my water bottle, right? It's a, um, it's a limited edition Hello Kitty, um, Japan 2020 Olympics water bottle. It's red. It has Hello Kitty and her little tennis outfit on it. It's very adorable. Anyway, that's besides the point. Uh, sticker on the water bottle is the little gravestone that says, um, life is no way to treat an animal, and I just think that's funny, I think it's fun, um, I don't know, that's the point of this, that's the point of the podcast, at least, is that I think it's fun. Another one of my favorites is from A Man Without Country, which, um, that's not really, like, a novel, it's more just, like, (laughs) I think a fair word would be to call it a manifesto, but um it's just it's this thing that Vonnegut wrote and uh one of my favorite quotes from it is we are here on earth to fart around and don't let anyone tell you different which like yeah that's pretty much all life is is you bumble around you watch things happen and then sometimes sometimes you get a nice little sandwich that's how life is you just mess around things happen. That's life, baby. Um, so I guess the next question would be, does Vonnegut have themes? Can you connect books together and analyze them and try to understand what's going on with Kurt? Understand the deeper meanings, the illusions, the metaphors, all of it? That's a complicated question. The, the, the... Vonnegut, okay, so have you ever tried to feed a toddler spaghetti? You know how it gets everywhere, it gets all over their face and in their hair and on the floor, and you're like, I don't even know how the spaghetti got halfway across the room, I didn't even see this toddler throw it, what the fuck? That's how Vonnegut is with writing. (laughs) Like, every time he writes a new book, you're feeding the toddler more spaghetti, Like, yeah, sure, every time there's spaghetti, it gets everywhere, but there's a different splatter pattern to it that's harder to define themes out of. But however, I will try. Um, So I would argue that, yeah, he does have themes, and he's a humanist, and there's, like, a joke 
that is written in one of his books, and I don't remember which one, that he was the honorary president of the American Humorist Associate Humanist Association, which I think is very, very funny. Um, <laughs> he has this quote that is like, being a humanist means trying to behave decently without expectations of rewards or punishment after you're dead. And like, yeah. That makes sense. I bring that up because the man talks a lot about religion, especially in Cat's Cradle. He makes a lot of points that religion is just used to comfort people more than anything else. That's like an entire subplot of Cat's Cradle. Um, he's very anti-war, which is, again, seen in Cat's Cradle. It's seen in Slapstick. It's seen in Bluebeard. He's fairly anti-government, which I would argue is also seen in Bluebeard, but it's most uh, exemplified by his book Jailbird. He's super into postmodernism. I know that a lot of people don't like postmodernism. I don't understand those people. But anyway, Vonnegut's definitely a postmodernist. Um, you can see this in Breakfast of Champions, and especially the companion book of Breakfast of Champions, which is God Bless You, Mr. Rosewater, which chef's kiss to that book. Oh my god. And I can't exactly come up with, like, exact things that I can nail down to prove this next point, but if you just let me talk about it for a minute, I think you will understand what I'm saying. The man loves the environment. A lot of the, like, background of Vonnegut's books are in post-apocalyptic societies, which is why I think he considers himself a science fiction writer. I consider himself- I consider him a satir- a satirist? Satirist? I don't know how to pronounce that word. Hmm, interesting. Anyway, he thinks that he is a, um, science fiction writer, which, whatever, I guess he can define himself with his own labels. I'll just disagree. Um, the man loves the environment. This, uh, like, the background of slapstick is that, like, somehow life on Earth has pretty much ended, and it's just this man who's, like, really tall. Which, okay, slapstick is super weird. I'm not even gonna get into the plot of it in this podcast. This is just a general Vonnegut knowledge podcast. Um, or at least this episode is. Um, so, the background of Cat's Cradle is also like that. Um, Cat's Cradle is written as, like, a backlog of this guy journaling about events that happened after the world has already ended. Um, this is also present in Breakfast of Champions. It's more- uh, Breakfast of Champions has what I like to call God Kurt Vonnegut, which is, like, omniscient third-person narrator, but also the writer is a character in the story to some extent. Like, he will, um, Kurt Vonnegut, the character, will insert himself in the narrative to direct characters. Um, there's this section in Breakfast of Champions that really exemplifies like, the character of God Kurt Vonnegut. Um, Vonnegut views himself, his relationship with his characters, such as, um, like, Tolstoy 
and like Jefferson freed their respective serfs and slaves. There's this part in Breakfast of Champions where Godkurt Vonnegut is talking to Kilgore Trout, which by the way, Kilgore Trout is definitely just a self-insert for Kurt Vonnegut. So this whole scene is like the author talking to the self-insert. I don't know when you last read fanfic, but there's this, there's always like author's note, blah, 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 blah. Or sometimes in fanfic, the writer will insert themselves in the narrative and like talk to the characters. It's like that. A lot of Vonnegut reads like fan fiction just because of the like rules that it follows. If I had to put it in like a genre, right? Because I think that there's three ty- there's three distinct genres of book, right? Obviously fiction, nonfiction. And then I think that fan fiction is its own category, which I could make a whole other podcast about that. It's not the point right now. But anyway, there's this part and it the god Kurt Vonnegut says to Trout that he's cleansing and renewing himself for the very different sorts of years to come. Under similar spiritual circumstances, Count Tolstoy freed his serfs, Thomas Jefferson freed his slaves. I'm going to set at liberty all of the literary characters who have served me so loyally during my writing career. You are the only one that I'm telling. For the others, tonight will be a night like any other night. Arise, Mr. Trout. You are free. You are free. I did actually read that out of the book. That's a direct quotation. Um, So have fun with that one. I think about it all the time. (sighs) Kurt, just the relationship that he has with his characters is so incredibly strange. And it makes my head hurt. Um, Quickly, I will talk about Kilgore Trout. And then I think that will have to be the end of this podcast. Since it is just about general Vonnegut knowledge rather than any specific book. Um, But I will talk about Kilgore Trout. Just because he's in like every single book. Well, not every single book, but like the vast majority of them. Enough that I can make this argument. Um, So, Kilgore Trout... Um, the, his life years varies because, um, oh my god, I think that the reason why Kilgore Trout varies so much is just because Kurt, I think the inconsistency is because of three possible reasons, um, to be a metaphor for how the most salient features and events in people's lives are ever shifting and amorphous, and that people are you know, like sand, ever shifting around, becoming new things, dissolving, being carried away, being able, like, malleable. Identity is malleable. Other reasons are that Kurt is a lazy, lazy bitch who cannot remember details about his own characters. I really feel like it's that one. Um, and the third reason is, I hate you, I'm Kurt Vonnegut, and I do what I want. I feel like it's a combination of two and three, but, you know, who am I to judge a dead man? Um, actually, I've assigned myself judge of dead men, but anyway. So, Kilgore Trout. In Breakfast of Champions, it says that Trout was alive from 1907 to 1981, but in Timequake, which, oh my god, Timequake. Anyway, so in Timequake, it says 
that Trout was alive from 1917 to 2001. Kurt, why? And then, like, Kilgore Trout has alternate identities or is said to actually be somebody else in different books. Um, so, like, in Jailbird, Kilgore Trout apparently is Dr. Robert Fender or Frank X. Barlow. I... The more you look at Kilgore Trout and his existence between books, the more confusing it gets. You know how if you try to pull a cotton ball apart, how, like, you're able to pull at it a little bit and then eventually it just dissolves into, like, various little bits of fluff? It's like that. All of the time, when I question Kilgore Trout, I feel like I am trying to wash cotton candy and I see it dissolve in my hands. I hate this man, but also I love him so much. Anyway, so... The only actual facts that we can gather are that Kilgore Trout is the favorite author of Elliot Rosewater, and we know that because it says that very clearly in Breakfast of Champions, that's why Kilgore Trout was invited to the Arts Fair. Um, and Kilgore Trout is the father of Leon Trotsky Trout, who lived from 1946 to 1983. And also, uh, Leon is the narrator of Galapagos, which earlier to my point about environmentalism, Galapagos also happens in a post-apocalyptic world. But anyway, um, also, at least according to Timequake, Kilgore might have killed his wife. That's very unclear. It is vague. I'm looking away. Also, in Man Without Country, Vonnegut uh, says that he receives a brief phone call from Trout on January 20th, 2004, which, by the way, contradicts both of the other years of death, but whatever. Um, anyway, Vonnegut says that he receives a phone call from Trout in which they discuss George W. Bush's State of the Union address and the imminent uh, death of the Earth due to human carelessness. <sighs> the drama of this man. Also, the only thing that's never, like, really questioned is that Trout publishes his magazines. No, Trout, not magazines, Trout publishes his books and short stories and porn magazines. Um, that's, like, that's, that's a fact. It's in every single thing. It's explicitly stated in Breakfast of Champions and in Jailbird, and it's talked about in Galapagos, but really, Vonnegut, not Vonnegut, Trout is really only in Galapagos to interact with his son a few times. So, there's that. And also, by the way, since I did say that Kilgore Trout was Vonnegut's self-insert, I do have to say that Vonnegut did not kill his wife. Vonnegut, I think, had two wives, question mark? Um, I think so. Yeah, yeah, he had two wives. He didn't kill either of them. Vonnegut didn't kill anyone. Um, however, I fully believe that Kilgore Trout killed his wife. I think that's something that he would do. Um, so, like, you know, you can obviously, um, draw parallels from Kilgore Trout to Kurt Vonnegut, and this is where I get a lot of the reasons for my argument that Vonnegut thinks he's a shitty dad, is just cause, like, 
there's so much, uh, Kilgore is not a good dad, is the point. Um, in upcoming podcasts, I'm sure I will explain plots of actual books, or I will at least attempt, oh my god, I will attempt to explain the plot of various books, but, um, that is for future merit, not for current merit. So, I hope that you've had a good time listening to my podcast. Um, I thought that at least for the first one I should talk about Vonnegut, since he is, of course, the the namesake of my podcast. Um, He's my favorite author. I love him so much. Also, if given the opportunity, I would punch him in the face. No, I wouldn't. I'm a pacifist. But there would be an argument. I I would I would I have many things that I would discuss with him given the opportunity. I have questions that need answers. Um so hope you enjoyed listening to me talk about Vonnegut for entirely too long. I love you very very much and I will see you next episode. Bye.